Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. It's nice to have you here with me today. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived, there are links to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter, and more. There's also a link to our Shop Tales on Amazon store. One reason we have our Amazon store is to finance our podcast. So we do not have to have a corporate commercial or anything like that during our podcast. Now this may sound like a commercial, but it's better than the 10th caller right now at 800-555-1212 will get not one, not two, but three widgets for the price of one. If you are the 10th caller right now at 1-800-555-1212 or something like that. So if you go through our Amazon store, we're on our Facebook page every day except Sunday, there is a link to a new product on Amazon. And once you go through our store or go through that link, you can shop anywhere on Amazon and we will get a small commission for whatever you buy. The prices do not go up or anything like that. It's just part of how we have it set up with Amazon. So give it a try next time you need to buy something online. You can just go through our Amazon store, which you can find on our webpage, or our Amazon links to products, which you can find on our Facebook page. We would really appreciate it. Labor Day is over. There are days that remind us of fall and football in many places. So fall and football are in the air. When I was a kid growing up, every fall and part of the summer, part of the spring even, we'd play football down in the park. There's always a bunch of us, and we played a very rough brand of football. It was tackle football, and a lot of us had helmets and shoulder pads. And there's always, even though there are 22 men on the field in a regulation football game, there's always maybe 12 to 16 of us playing football. So it was very rough and tumble, very much fun. All those guys we played with were either close friends or friendly rivals. We had a good time. We'd always play all day long, it seemed like, till dark. Or if we could hear our mom calling us, we had to go somewhere like the dentist or something. We were down there playing football. One time, I remember I had the ball and I was running. And Chris, a kid that was my age, grabbed my face mask and started whipping me around, around, and around, holding my face mask, and there's nothing I could do to protect myself. Well, the high school football coach used to sit there in his car and watch us play. He was there a lot watching us. And I remember coach got out of his car and gave a whistle. The history of coach and his whistle is in between plays of the high school football games, Right before we would huddle up, coach would whistle, and he'd yell out the play. 30 counter pass, and the whole everybody heard it. Our opponents, our opponents' coaches, everyone in the stands, everyone on the sidelines, and especially all the players. And then we would run a 30 counter pass, or whatever play coach called in. His philosophy was... If we ran the play the way he had coached us and taught us and drilled into our heads and our hearts, we would be successful. So the only element of surprise was the count. We'd get in the huddle, 
and the quarterback told us what we already knew, the play, but then he told us the snap count, hut one, hut two, and that was the only element of surprise. Coach had ran those same plays, about 10 of them, forever, and everybody knew them, and everybody knew what to expect, and more times than not, we were successful. So Coach got out and whistled, told Chris, you can't do that, they'll kick you out of the game. Can't do that. Chris let go. I went rolling off. Years later, my senior year, we were playing a south part of the county that was next to our county. And it was a night game, and it was at their field, and we were getting hometown big time. And the play go out of bounds, and their whole town would line up and down the sidelines. And they'd kick you and spit on you and yell at you and call you names and throw things at you. Well, it was a tight game, and all of a sudden they ran this one play, and somehow the guys started to break free, and they were about on our 15-yard line, ready to score a touchdown. They had a quarterback that was all-state level. He was a very good player. He was their one true good player, and they were whooping us that night, and it was a tough game, toughest game I may have ever been involved in. He came around, I was a defensive end, and I grabbed him by the face mask, and I whipped him around and around and around, just like Chris did me all those years ago. I finally let go, and he went flying for a loss. I got called for all kinds of penalties. I looked right at Coach, and Coach looked right at me. He never took me out, and he didn't tell me that they were going to kick me out of the game, which they did not. But we were penalized, and I don't remember if they scored on us or not. It's very possible, but they would have scored anyway if I wouldn't have grabbed that face mask. Coach was a great coach. The greatest coach that school has ever known. When I was in seventh grade, our heated rivals, the rivals of all time for our school, there are rivalries in sport, like the Yankees and the Red Sox, the Raiders and the Chiefs, Heck, the Raiders and the Broncos, Auburn and Alabama, the old rivalry of Kansas and Missouri, but none of those ever compared to the west part of our county against us in the east part of the county. It was heated, and it was hated, and it was hot. Now, don't get me wrong, we all had friends in the other half of the county, but when it came time for sport, all that went away for a few hours. When I was in seventh grade, like I said, the west part of the county was over at our school for a football game. Now this was during the school week, probably a Friday, I cannot remember, but it was strange that we would have a game on a school day. Now we never had lights, ever. All the years I was in school, we played a couple teams that did. That school from the county next to us, that was a night game which made it even more dicey. But we always played day games at home, and so did the West School District. They were over at our school, and it was an afternoon game after lunch, and I went outside at lunchtime, goofing around, walked out by the football field, and all these guys, like businessmen and ranchers and whatever from the other school district, were standing there talking about which goalposts should we tear down when we beat these guys. Now, don't get me wrong, they were not a team that beat us all the time. In fact, we always dominated our league, but it was always heavily contested 
when the West School District would come to town or if we went to them, and it was always a hard-fought battle. I thought they were kidding at first, but I sat and listened to them. I guess no one paid attention to me because I was just a little kid. And they schemed and they talked and they decided when they beat us, ha, 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 they couldn't beat us. They were going to tear down our southern goalposts. Well, I went and told my friend Wayne, just in case, see what he thought. He thought maybe we should tell someone, so we went and we told a couple people and it didn't go any further and everybody said, well, no one meant it or anything. Well, that afternoon, we got let out of school to watch the football game and I sat there and I watched us get our butts kicked by the West School District. And at the end of the game, they rushed our goalposts. All these people in the stands and from their cars and all over the place, people from the other side of the county. And they tore down her goalpost. I had never, ever thought in a million years they would do that. Now, back in those days, those goalposts were made out of wood. There's not one post. There were two posts. And they stood up and then made the crossbar and all that. And it took a bunch of them. I, I remember some guys sitting up on it and stuff, but they got it tore down. And you would have thought that there was going to be a civil war. People from our side of the county got very angry and started accusing doctors and lawyers and ranchers and businessmen from the other county of doing that. I didn't think anything would ever bring peace between the two. Now, it was kind of weird because our side of the county, we had the ski area and their side of the county, they had the fair and the hospital. And so everybody really kind of knew everybody anyway. Maybe not well, but we all knew each other. And here it was, where you thought that things were going to go to blows. It was a very hard time. I'm not sure what came of all that, but I do know that things kind of settled down and we continue to play sports against them. Today, our school district grew much more than their school district because of the key area and just the nature of the lakes and recreation in the East School District. And we are a bigger class now than the West School District. And I don't know if we even play each other anymore. It's really too bad because that rivalry was better than the Chiefs and the Raiders. In 1998, my wife and I took one of our daughters, maybe both, and some of their friends to a KU game. They were playing Colorado in Lawrence, Kansas. And poor old KU has always had a hard time with football. They are a national powerhouse in basketball, year after year, decade after decade. But football, they can't seem to enjoy prosperity at all. If they do start winning, they seem to get rid of the coach or whatever. And it's always hard to watch Kansas football. But we go once in a while to a game. It's always an easy ticket to secure. So we had our daughters and their friends and the mighty Colorado Buffaloes who were ranked 17th in the nation that year came out. And good old Kansas Jayhawks played the game of their lives and they beat Colorado. And all of a sudden the students and people rushed the field and took to a goalpost. And the announcer was saying, please be careful. Please don't get hurt. Please don't tear down the goalposts. Okay, you're tearing down the goalposts. Everybody watch out. You don't want to get hurt. You don't want the goalposts to fall on you. Don't trample each other. And he tried to calm every reveler down. 
Well, when they all rushed the field, my daughter or daughters and their friends took off and were in this crowd that had filled the football field. <laughs> so all we could do is sit and watch. I was amazed. Apparently, they have won several games over the years where they tear down the goalposts and carry them up a hill and throw them in a little pond, throw the goalpost in a little pond. So it was something to watch. The only two times I've ever seen that happen in person. When I was in seventh grade back home and there at Memorial Stadium in Lawrence, Kansas, seeing what all my money going to KU was creating. Rock Chalk Jayhawk, it's all good. Thank you for being with us today. It's very nice to be with you again. One story before I go, back when we used to play football in the park as kids, there was a guy, he was a junior in high school, and his name was Dale, and he would walk through the middle of the park every day while we were playing. He was much taller than the rest of us because he was older, and he carried a flute so he played the flute, probably in the band. And I don't have one thing against flute players that are male. Jethro Tall, Marshall Tucker Band. Heck, Terry Crews, the ex-football player now host for America's Got Talent, plays flute. That does not describe how tough you are or anything, what instrument you may play. But Dale kind of wore it like a badge of honor and thought he was above everybody else. At least that's the impression he gave all of us little kids trying to play football. And here he comes walking through the middle of the game, sauntering along, not even hot-footing it. Well, we told him, stop walking in the middle of the game. Wait until the play's over or something. Walk around, please. He wouldn't do it. He said, I don't have to do anything you said. I'm older than you, and I know more than you, and this is a public park. Well, that's true, Dale. It is a public park. So after a while, it must have been a week or so, finally we had it with Dale, and my good friend Dave walked up to him and says, you walk through when we're playing a game again, I'll punch you in the nose. Dale looked down at Dave because he is at least a foot taller than him. He's older. He kind of scoffed at him and sauntered on through the park. Next day, here comes Dale, and we held Dave back. Dave was always not going to threaten me or anything. He would just do it. Well, this went on for a few days, and one day, here comes Dale, and nobody was really paying attention. And Dave got to him, stood up right to him, and then Dale started backing off, and he backed off. And pretty soon, he was running, holding his flute case, and Dave ran right behind him and ran him right out of the park. Funniest thing I ever saw is like a chihuahua chasing a mountain lion or something, you know, something little chasing something big. And the big thing had its tail between its legs and never, ever came back to the park. It's something I'll never forget. Now, Dave was a tough guy, but he did not flaunt that. I do believe he's the best football player ever came out of that school. Him and Larry Fisher. Just remember, next time you win a big game, act like you've been there before. There's no substitute for kindness. It can make a difference wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.